Hello and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks Everybody with me, your host, Aaron Mashbitz, a.k.a. Jackson Stone. This is episode 124 of the Jackson Talks Everybody podcast. And this is a solo episode, no guest today on this episode, just me exploring one specific thing that I'm really thinking about that I really want to talk about, that I really want to discuss, that I really want to kind of figure out where I stand as I work through these things, as I do my research, as I understand these things deeper, and as they kind of pop up in the kind of mainstream pop culture type news space. So if you're new to this podcast, this is your first episode, this is a really good episode. Um, You're gonna hear a lot of interesting things, maybe some that you agree with, some that you don't. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it throughout. Um, You can comment kind of anywhere you watch this episode, whether that be on my website, jacksontalkseverybody.com, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'd love to hear some feedback and have a dialogue about what you thought. But an episode does drop every single Tuesday. Uh, Most of the time I have a guest. Sometimes I do solo episodes. Sometimes um, uh, in the week I'll drop a bit of both and I'm exploring doing a more than one episode a week as I do five episodes a month currently, uh, one every Tuesday and then exclusive one per page for Patreon. I'm gonna bump that up to six episodes a week and then eventually to seven, eventually to eight. And so we'll see where we can go from there and how big we can grow this boy. This podcast is extremely important to me, just like the topic that I'm going to discuss today. So we're gonna pop right in. Today is, um, October 18th. This episode will come out in a few weeks. So the information that I talk about will still be very relevant, but it might not be relevant inside of the social media media sphere, but it's still very relevant and important information. And I do that on purpose because I want to bring back the topic at hand. I do this a lot for kind of months, mental health awareness month, suicide prevention month. I talk about it post month so that we don't lose track of the idea of these things, of why they're important beyond just the day they happen or the day after they happen, but they're important forever, for long periods of time to keep noting these, to keep executing on these things, keep doing things the right way through values, through virtues, through all that stuff. So October 18th, that's today. Over the last couple of days, last week, we've seen Kanye West put out some things that have been very anti-Semitic. And so I want to try and discuss those things as well as discuss kind of my own experience. So here we go. I'm 30 years old. Like I said, my name is Aaron Mashbitz. I used to go by Jackson Stone. That's what kind of this podcast is built off of, professional wrestler. But my name is Aaron Mashbitz. And I am a Jewish man living in America. I have been Jewish my whole life. All of my family is Jewish. I have some Orthodox members of my family who keep kosher and Judaism is a really, really important and big part of their life. It's a really important and big part of my whole family's life, but I have some uh, Orthodox cousins and it's amazing when we visit them or when we have vacations together, um, the cool kind of changes and altercations we have to make to our kind of our schedule because we keep Shabbat which is you know Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, and we keep kosher, which is the dietary uh, plan um, that Jew, that Orthodox Jews follow. And so, so that stuff is really cool. 
And so I say all that to say that this topic means a lot to me. It's my heritage, it's my culture. It's kind of my, my foundation for my faith and things of that nature. Um, both my sister and I uh, had bar and bat mitzvahs when we were 13 years of age. It's kind of a rite of passage in the Jewish tradition. It's a really cool thing. You have to study for a long time. You have to prepare for it. You have to learn how to read Hebrew and speak and understand what the Torah is telling you and figure out what your Torah portion is trying to express in a, in a modern day way. And you have to give that speech in front of people as well as read the Torah, read the Haftorah, do the services throughout. And then once that happens, then you kind of go into the party and everyone kind of celebrates you in this achievement. And it's really quite cool. Bar, bat mitzvah, girl or boy. <clears throat> Bar mitzvah is for a boy. Bat mitzvah is for a girl. And then uh, we were both, my sister and I were heavily involved in Jewish youth organizations growing up. Um, one was called USY and one was called BBYO. My sister was really involved. She, she had a strong inclination for Judaism. She really felt passion for it and love for it. And she was much more social than I was. And she had an easier time making friends. Like a lot of people liked her because she had this like beautiful smile and outgoing personality. And so she would bring me around some of these events. She was only two years older than me. So it was kind of easy. She would start to bring me to like USY events and, and introduce me to people. And so like the kind of the foundation of my friend group um, growing up a bit, um, Joel, who you've seen on the podcast was from that Jewish youth organization growing up called BBYO. But my sister introduced me to USY, which was kind of ran out of our synagogue called Beth Torah, which is in Richardson, Texas. And so that was kind of my foundation of friendship. Like most people I grew up with, I mean, we moved to Texas when I was in the seventh grade. And so that's where we joined. That's the synagogue we joined was Beth Torah. And we got into these youth groups and started going to Hebrew school. And that's where I had my bar mitzvah. My sister had her bat mitzvah in California. And then that's kind of where you start to get to know people and you get to know yourself and you get to know Judaism and what it means and how it can be a foundation for faith and further learning. Um, I didn't really take to the learning too much. Like I wasn't, uh, as a young boy, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, I wasn't super into learning it, but I did it anyways because it was part of our family. Um, it was important to my dad and my mom and my sister. So it in, in turn kind of became important to me in learning about the traditions and the history and the culture and all of this stuff. And you learn a little bit about some of that stuff in school just because of the Holocaust and how horrible and awful and tragic that was and how um, Jews were hunted and murdered and prosecuted. Oh, six million Jews were hunted and murdered um, during the Holocaust by Nazi Germany. And so you learn some of that stuff, where we come from, our, our lineage, our history, and it builds a strong like foundation, right? That's what faith is about. Like regardless of what faith you align with, whether it's just a spiritual alignment, whether it's Christianity, Muslim, Islam, Judaism, uh, you know, anything, whatever faith you align with, the faith is what your foundation is, 
right? And it's all built upon some of the same core principles. Like all of these things are built on the same core values of leading with love, leading with integrity, having character, expressing love for one another, being there for your neighbor, right? All of those things are expressed throughout all of these religions. Um, some people just grow up with a different one being the vocal point, but they all have the same foundational layer. They all And all of these things have the same foundational layer in terms of we're trying to flourish through our virtues. We're trying to figure out what our values are and live through those values. And then the foundational piece of these kind of religions, whatever one they are, whether it's spiritual or religious practice kind of built on the same um, foundation is that when things happen in your life, bad things happen in your life, which they will and they do, we have this, this kind of blind faith that things will work out for the best. Now that's a bit, that's optimism. That's what optimism means. It's a fundamental belief that things will work out for the best, but that's also what faith is. But what optimism is, is that it'll work out for the best through the proper work, effort, energy, and attention. But you don't know 100% that it will work out. So there's kind of where the blind faith comes in, that you're doing it you're taking these steps forward because you believe in something bigger than yourself. You believe in something outside of yourself. You're part of this beautiful thing and that everything you do matters, but everything, but the, the world is still so much bigger than you because of this faith that you believe in. So there's the blindness of the faith, but you still have this foundational piece of optimism built on the faith that you grew up upon or that you, excuse me, that you grew to believe, excuse me, that you grew to believe in. And that's really important. So that's what I learned. I grew up a conservative Jew. So there's three sects of Judaism, one being reform. That's kind of your, uh, the most common American Jew is a reformed Jew. I think they do a bit of holidays and they consider themselves Jewish. And then there's conservative Jews. Uh, which is what me and my family are. And we celebrate all the holidays. We did all of the things growing up. We still are members of a synagogue now. My dad is heavily involved in the synagogue, running a lot of those things there. And I attend a uh, synagogue every once in a while. I did for high holidays, which just happened, which are Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's like the new year and kind of um, the day that you uh, get forgiven for your sins and you kind of move on with a fresh plate into the new year. And um, I actually gave a speech at the Beth Torah Men's Club, which was really cool about kind of my history and all of that. Again, I got bar mitzvah there. Um, so that's what kind of conservative Judaism is. Um, most conservative Jews do not keep kosher um, and don't uh, abide by the uh, Shabbat rules of 24 hours of kind of a shutdown, which I think is would be amazing for anyone to do, and we should all kind of implement that. But then there's the Orthodox Jews, which I, I previously mentioned. My cousins are those Orthodox Jews, and I did a, an episode of this podcast with my cousin whose name is Jessica Ovadia, and she posts some really amazing content about healthcare messaging um, on YouTube as well, but you should check out our podcast. There's a clip called Modern Orthodox Judaism on my YouTube channel as well, and it kind of explains more in detail about what she goes through, what it means to her, how the fabric of her life is kind of uh, ingrained in Judaism and how she's gonna raise her kids that way. And it's really, really quite beautiful and powerful. And she lives in Israel, and that's mostly uh, where Orthodox Jews live. In America, it's mostly Reform and Conservative. You have your pockets 
in America where there are Orthodox Jews. We have um, a, f- a few Orthodox synagogues around here in uh, Dallas. We also have some kosher restaurants. Um, the Market and Meat Point are around me. They're kosher restaurants, but um, they're all over America. And so that's kind of the different sects you can have as a Jew, um, as a Jew and being a practicing Jew and um, considering Judaism to be your religion. And so throughout my whole life, there has always been kind of these little jabs, these like subtle takes, these subtle hits, these subtle knocks, these subtle punches to the gut about me being Jewish. And it it was never really an issue because the other stuff that I was getting made fun of about was way worse. And so if you're watching this via YouTube, you'll be able to understand this a little bit better. But if you're just listening on audio, cheers, it is what it is. But my ears, as you can see, are they're they're long and large, so is my nose, but my ears used to kind of face straight forward. And so for a really long time, people kind of ignored my nose and they went directly to my ears. So I didn't really get the Judaism Jew jokes. Maybe I did, I think I did a lot, but they were overpowered by the ones about my ears because I was constantly called Dumbo for ever. As long as I can remember, I was called Dumbo. And my mom being the most brilliant, amazing, incredible mom that she is, um, I came home from school one day, my junior year of high school, and my mom goes, hey, I found this thing and it's plastic surgery and you can get your ears pinned back. And so I immediately, I immediately decided to do that and it, and it changed my life, changed my confidence, changed the way I played baseball, changed everything. But it also put more of a focus on my nose and on me being Jewish. And so we kind of moved to this area in Texas because it has a lot of Jews and my parents wanted my sister and I to be uh, to grow up around Jews and, and better schooling and better sports. And so that this area, Plano, Dallas, was kind of the, the intersection of all of those things. And so it didn't really happen in high school and obviously it didn't happen in the Jewish youth groups. Um, but I say all this to say that I went to South Dakota State to play baseball and um a Jewish person in South Dakota State was very foreign to them. And for the most part, people were really kind and receptive and they were just very intrigued and interested by me being Jewish. And I think that's a beautiful approach to something that you don't understand, right? You're removing this idea of criticism or judgment and you're just replacing it with curiosity and understanding. Like, I just wanna understand you. I'm curious about your background and your foundation and how this came to be and what it means and how it's different for me and where can we find a common ground and where's that common thread that we can pull on so we can be friends and we can be together and we can understand each other. And that's mostly what I experienced at South Dakota State. Of course, there's always these little things, but it's not to say that I was the nicest person to everyone all the time, right? And so we think about our behavior over time. We grow, we develop, we mature, we enhance our sense of self, we enhance our idea of how we want to treat people and all of that stuff. But being 
Jewish at South Dakota State and being a Jew at South Dakota State was very interesting because I wasn't around a lot of them anymore. It was kind of just me and I was the, a lot, the first Jew that a lot of these folks in South Dakota met. And it was really cool how interested they were, how intrigued they were. But I, I remember two distinct stories, two distinct stories from that in relating to being Jewish. And I'll tell you them in a sec. And so one was, we were on the bus. Um, I played baseball at South Dakota State Division One school, played baseball there. And we, we didn't get a lot of plane rides, but we had to travel really far to every, turn, to every game because we couldn't play a lot of home games because it's very cold. So we were traveling, we were on the road a lot. And so we're on one of our bus trips, it's the middle of the night. We're, we stop at a gas station to get a pee break and to get some food and hop back on the bus. And as we're getting on the bus, one of the uh, like volunteer assistants for our team um, looks at his bag, opens, opens his bag of chips, looks inside and says, wow, I really got Jude on this bag. Basically, and I was right behind him. I happened to hear him and I was like, oh, wow. What did you mean by that? And basically he kind of like stumbled over his words. He didn't really know what he meant. But what he meant was internally he was thinking, wow, this bag of chips is really low. Like they didn't even fill it up to halfway on bag of chips. And so I'm gonna use this really old stereotype about Jews that they're frugal and that I'm gonna use it here in relation to this bag and that Jews are frugal. It's the same idea as when we kind of use mental health terms to describe things like the weather is so bipolar or I'm so OCD. Like bipolar disorder and OCD are very serious things and we'll kind of talk about those a little bit, well bipolar disorder a little bit later in relation to Kanye West or Ye as he's now called. But using those words to describe things that aren't that way, that aren't actual, using them to describe the weather is, is diminishes and increases the stigma surrounding some of those things already. And the same way this person used the word Jew or Jude to describe that he had a small amount of chips in his bag to enhance and increase and continue to use some of these negative stereotypes surrounding Jewish people. Right, because the stereotypes that surround us are we're frugal, we own the media or whatever, we run the media or whatever it is, um, that we're all rich, but we're frugal. We have all have big noses. We're the scapegoats for everything. All of these things, just, just stereotypes, just really harmful and hurtful things to say about a group of people who've just been fighting to survive basically their whole lives and especially after the Holocaust and still coming back from that and creating this beautiful sense of identity and truth and love inside of this religion and all of that stuff. Not to say that, yeah, anyways. And so that was one instance. And the second instance is I was actually on the baseball field playing and I'm walking up to go hit and I'm walking up to go hit and this guy in the stands screams at me, hey, do you use a bed sheet to blow your nose? You know, signifying that my nose is so big that I can't use a regular tissue anymore, but I need a bed sheet to blow my nose. And I struck out on three pitches because I was really flustered and upset and hurt. 
Um, one, I gave credit to that guy because I've never heard that in my life. At that point, I think I was 20 years old and people have been making fun of my nose for my whole life outside of kind of mostly my ears, but then my nose. And so I'd never heard that before. I just heard, oh, you had a big nose, yada, 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 you Jew, you Jew, whatever, whatever, you dirty big nose Jew, whatever they're saying, all of these things. Um, but this guy came up with something pretty creative about the bedsheet. But it just goes to show you that people will kind of go to that level to, uh, to make fun of you, to express some sort of thing. Like, I, I don't believe that this person who said the, about the, the bag of chips and the guy who said the, the bed sheets hate Jews. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I think they're just reinforcing some of these stereotypes that they've heard over and over and over again. And the way that we stop doing that is to then remove some of these stereotypes or allow curiosity and understanding to take hold over just continually making fun of people that we don't really understand. And so those are two instances that happen. Um, there's been many that I could express uh, throughout my life, but I, I picked those two specifically because they're, they're seemingly small moments, right? They're seemingly small moments that I have remembered for my whole life, but they're the small, those small moments are what the stereotypes and the hate uh, and the prejudice towards Jews are built upon. They're built on these small, what seem like insignificant stereotypes, but then they're built and built and built and they're bricked on top of brick on top of brick and they're layered on top of layered until we get these really strong death threats of anti-Semitic violence. That's where they're built off of. They're built off these small tropes these small phrases that we could kind of just brush off, but then they build and build and build and build and build until we get these really severe and heavy and harmful anti-Semitic comments. So we have to stop it kind of in its tracks as is, and again, remove this idea that one religion is better than the other, one train of thought is better than the other, but having this idea of understanding and curiosity and nuance. And I'm gonna go into nuance in a bit and how it relates to some of these things, but that's really what it's about. And I wanna talk now about Chloe. Chloe Valderi is one of the, I think one of the most profound thinkers of our current time. She um, has a startup, it's an anti-racism training uh, called the theory of enchantment she also has a podcast and all of these things but she just talks really um what's the word like really intelligently really intentionally and really deliberately about these really complicated uh subjects and here's the tweet that she put out about kanye west kanye west's anti-semitic comments are proof of just how much healing the world needs of how much healing he needs no matter what anyone says, any human who hates his fellow man is not free. And I think that's beautiful. And then she layered on top of that by writing this article about why we should pursue nuance. Because when we think about Kanye, right, people are blaming this because he has a mental health condition, he has bipolar disorder. He absolutely has a mental health condition, a very serious mental health condition. And we've seen that mental health condition play out in the public space for a long, long time. And I hope and pray that he's getting help. He has a team, he has treatment, he has a therapist, he has all the things he needs to be 
uh, thriving as he is as a brilliant musician and artist. And he has made a lot of really amazing comments over his life about really serious and hard subjects. And I give him credit that he always speaks his mind. He always says how he feels and he acts on it. And that's a brilliant authenticity piece that's probably made him one of the most famous artists and musicians of all time. And so two things can be true at one time. He does, yes, suffer from a very serious mental health condition called bipolar disorder, the same one that my sister had. And that disorder, a, uh, a symptom of bipolar disorder is not saying harmful anti-Semitic things. That's not a symptom of bipolar disorder. So there can be some sort of reasoning behind some of his manic behavior. Yes, right? Manic or mania is a part of bipolar disorder, right? And so he could be having a manic episode during some of these tirades or interviews or tweet storms, whatever you may have it, that may be possible. I don't know anything about his personal life other than what we see on the internet. I don't know how he thinks, feels, and acts. I don't know his day-to-day. -day. I don't know any of those things. So I'm trying to speak with a little bit of nuance towards these ideas, but it can't be excuse that can't be an excuse for the fact that he's saying these things that are extremely harmful and hurtful to Jews. They are anti-Semitic ideas and words. And things have to be done about those things. People have to be held, held accountable. I don't think he should be canceled or removed from all platforms. That is not how you get anything done. If you remove people from platforms, their ideas still stand and someone will take hold of those ideas. What we need to do is have nuanced conversation about these ideas, which I know that Kanye or Ye would be very, very happy to have because he loves having these types of conversations. Maybe he believes this for a certain reason. Maybe he has this take because of this right and so but just saying oh he's mentally ill then and all of these things are a joke that is not that's excusing behavior and we don't excuse behavior we hold people accountable to their words and actions but also ask for clarification or understanding and see curiosity into why they said the things they said but that doesn't take away from the fact that he did he did say anti-semitic things he made anti-semitic comments and he had harmful things to say about Jewish people. But canceling him and deplatforming him and all those things don't make any sense. That's not how you get to the root cause. That's not how you get to an understanding. No, that's not how you get anywhere. That's not how you move the needle forward in these very serious discussions. And so you know, I would ask Kanye to to revisit some of these ideas, to revisit some of these things as to why he thinks these things about Jews, how maybe he can have a conversation with someone about it that might alter or tweak some of his views and we can come to an understanding. And I think that would be really cool because I think there's tons of people maybe in his space or at his level that would love to have a conversation about these things. And, you know, Kanye, if you want to talk to me, I'm more than willing. But I think that's really important. And on that subject, like I said, Chloe Valderi, she had that tweet, really great tweet. And then she wrote an article on top of that on Yellow Seeds um, called Why Should We Pursue Nuance? And I'm going to read a couple uh, passages from that. I think that kind of closes the whole idea on, on this subject. The word nuance is a French term derived from the word noir, meaning shade or subtlety. I think this is so beautiful. A painter who can capture shade on the canvas has been blessed because she can depict the subtleties of darkness and light. 
how they depend upon one another and are bound together. This is a difficult skill set and points to what Otto Fischer called art as revelation of being. This is the artist's capacity to create without filter precisely what we are. A spellbinding's presence of shadow and light. Taoist teachings have always pointed us in the direction of preaching the balancing of yin and yang as the way to psychological wholeness. I think this is precisely what is meant by nuance if used as an ideal, if viewed as an ideal, even ontological category. The realization of which can be achieved through practice, like the painter who develops her craft over time. The pursuit of nuance in philosophy, political or otherwise, is a sign of maturity. It is an acceptance of reality of the undeniable fact that mankind is messy, will always be messy, and that such messiness is the cost of being able to experience life. To make peace with this fact, mankind must learn to assimilate his shadow. What Carl Jung defined as the unknown aspects of one personality and his light, those aspects of ourselves that we are conscious of and consciously in touch with. This assimilation inevitably comes with suffering. So what I think that means is seeing Kanye, seeing his tweets, seeing him act out in that way, seeing him have sort of these bouts of whatever he's dealing with, we are quick to then go on this idea of judgment, 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 instead of looking at our own selves and saying, wow, I have said harmful things. I have done harmful things. I have been manipulative. I have been mean. I have been unkind. I have not understood first. I have been judgmental and critical and thinking of our own shadow, our own darkness before casting a judgment on someone else thinking, oh, I would never, I would never act that way. You have no idea because you are part of the human race. You are part of a human being. You are a human being. You're part of the human race. We all have the capacity for evil. We all have the capacity for darkness. That's our shadow. And we have to assimilate with that shadow to understand that if we want to remove judgment and criticalness or and being critical of someone and we first want to seek to understand and be curious, we have to understand our own darkness and our own shadow and we have to be able to assimilate those ideas with our light and then we can truly understand our light to a better degree we're yin and we're yang this Taoist idea of yin and yang it's very similar to this idea i talked about when i talked about on a previous episode about body positivity andrew tate jordan peterson and masculinity it's idea of this masculinity right this yin this yang of masculine and feminine it's about having nuance. It's about having psychological wholeness, right? We're, we have this dynamic equilibrium of thinking about our own capacity for evil and darkness, but understanding that we can choose to show light. We can choose to show love, show kindness, show understanding, show gratitude, especially when situations unfold in a public way where they're very complicated. We don't know the details of them. All we see is what's public facing, and that's very, very hard. And so... I love what Chloe said there. I think it fits in to what I believe completely about Kanye West and all of those things and anti-Semitism. But it's hard to see that people still really, really don't like Jews. And they have this like deep-seated hatred for who we are. They have these deep-seated ideas of stereotypes. 
and it's really hard to see. And if we're going to break some of those stereotypes and some of that hatred, we have to first come with understanding, understanding of where people might be coming from, why they might feel the way they do, have complicated, nuanced, awkward, hard conversations that get to the root of all of these things and then move from there, brick by brick, layer by layer, trying to build up these beautiful things um, of understanding. And so maybe Kanye was actually the catalyst we needed to have more in-depth conversations about Jews, to have more in-depth conversations about Judaism, what that means in America, and what it means to be uh, anti-Semitic and how we can recover and help those who have those views to have better views and see everyone as just one person um, trying to build a foundational life on love, respect, and harmony, and equilibrium, uh, um, uh, on harmony and love and compassion and caring and all of those things. And so I think this is an important conversation to have. Again, if this is your very first episode listening, let me know what you think. Email, comments, anything. Love to hear your feedback. If you're a listener every week, Thank you for listening. Thank you for making this podcast really, really important to me. If I missed anything, if there's anything I need to add, if you want me to do another episode that goes deeper into this subject, let me know. I'm really trying to get Chloe to come on the pod so we can have a conversation so I can ask her all these sorts of questions about what she thinks. Um, and I am interested to see where this, this conversation goes when this episode comes out about five weeks from now, we'll see where this conversation is. Hopefully we're still having really good conversations about these ideas, about Jews, about Judaism, about how we can, um, kind of remove some of these stereotypes, how we can uplift the Jewish voice and the Jewish people here in America and how we can kind of remove this idea of anti-Semitism and hate towards anyone that's different than you. How can we just come together through love and through harmony and through compassion with this idea of nuance, right? Nuance is a sign of maturity and we have to get there step by step, day by day, by thinking about our own darkness, thinking about our own shadow, assimilating that with our light and moving towards that light every single day. So thank you for listening. Subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. Um, I love you all. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Take good care of yourselves, please. And I'll see you next time. Lots of love.